0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world, the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you live from
1: COG Studios on Thursday, October 10th. A week that has no LA Galaxy soccer, but probably a good thing for the Galaxies, they rest up, but getting you ready for the very first playoff game. Since 2016, the LA Galaxy taking on Minnesota United on October 20th. This is a special playoff edition of the podcast, and we haven't been able to say that in quite a long time. So welcome to the show. A lot to get to. Certainly going to lead you up more into this Minnesota game. I know we still got a week, but we want to get you a little bit closer to that. A lot of LA Galaxy news, some training updates, some other fun things like that. Uh, Zlatan had a statue unveiled. We'll talk a little bit about that and just the significance of it. And of course, everything just sort of, again, just getting you stewing, getting you prepared to head towards this playoff game on Sunday, October 20th against Minnesota United. Alright, joining me in the studio is not the Portuguese hammer, Eric Vieira. He's not here because, unlike the Dodgers, his son's T-Bell team is still playing baseball. Uh, So he's out today, uh, but back in the studio. We haven't had him for quite a little time, so we're happy to have the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, is absolutely here in the studio. Larry, thanks for coming back, buddy.
2: Thank you, Josh. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and well said about Eric's T-ball team and the Dodgers. Very well said. Oh. I enjoyed that.
1: Oh yes, poor Dodgers fans. I feel bad for everybody. It's you know that's it's not what everybody needed, Larry. It's not what everybody needed to feel comfy feel comfy about all this. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's tough. The the galaxy are obviously up against it a little bit going to Minnesota. We're going to talk about that later, but um, it's not exactly, you know, a, an easy thing for the galaxy to go to Minnesota and win in Minnesota and do all that stuff. And I know a lot of Los Angeles' hopes were sort of pinned on the Dodgers, and that sort of went sideways real quick, you know, crazy little way. So, um, you know, just everybody remember to breathe out there. I think breathe, deep breaths, everybody relax. And, and you know, there's, as, as they say, there's always next year and, and hope springs eternal. Um, but, I think uh, the Galaxy still could make some noise so maybe that's a positive for everybody
2: and speaking of going to Minnesota uh, the weather forecast early forecast are not promising whatsoever yeah I was gonna Uh, say scattered thunderstorms both days uh, football game the day before which means the field could be in pretty bad shape
1: yeah it's who knows
2: it might work out it might you know
1: we might be worrying about nothing. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll certainly see about that. Um, but lots of stuff going on in LA Galaxy Land. Uh, again, uh, just some 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 interesting little tidbits. I don't know how long we're going to go for tonight. It's a it's an off week. If we have a whole bunch of interesting conversation and it goes well, we'll be here for an hour.
2: And you if, mean you mean that you might run out of things to say? You Josh Gessman, might run out of things to say. Uh, no, not me. No. I was I was
1: worried about you, and after a while, <laughs> it would just be me. And you know, oh, it's past your bedtime anyway. So, but, you,
2: but you'll just mute my microphone. Yours will stay open. That's so. right.
1: That's right. Well, I mean, we do. Have I I should point out, we have a... a I would say a minor celebrity, but I mean, it's a more than that. You have way more YouTube vi- views than I do right now. Uh, giving Zlatan Ibrahimović the, uh, the reading glasses for his 30th and, birthday.
2: And maybe he can use those glasses to read his name in that statue. We just got in Sweden. Huh? That's
1: right. That's what I absolutely could do it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that, uh, that statue and, and the unveiling and Zlatan, um, as we mentioned on the Monday podcast was headed to Malmo, Sweden, uh, his hometown where he was going to go and unveil a statue. Uh, he did that a, a shirtless, uh, Barefoot, And it's huge. It's, it's wh- huge. Well, it's only slightly bigger than him. I mean, really, when you <laughs> think about it. That's true. Actually, you know what's funny is that him standing next to the statue makes him look like a tiny little person. Um, and he's not tiny. And he's not tiny at all, so... You're right. That is that is the thing. And is is it me or is Zlatan like walking over the world, sort of like he's dominating the world too? It's like on a globe, and he's got this thing, and the big letters at the bottom are Zlatan. He's know? in his
2: element. He he definitely w- was in his element that day, and you know I'm glad for him. I'm happy for him that he that he received that that honor. It's it's nice to see.
1: Yeah, Zlatan said about the statue, he says, when you come to New York, you have the Statue of Liberty. When you come to Sweden, you have the Statue of Zlatan, he said. But he wasn't
2: holding a torch. He's (laughs) just arms outstretched.
1: Arms outstretched. Very nice physique. And I would say... Um, having been next he to is man, ripped he, he, is. he is he's he, he, that's an accurate representation yes, it of him is. Um, it is. maybe just you know just size it up a little I bit. think
2: the shorts were a little bit too short but still <laughs> you
1: know, it's, 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 it's all right it's lots on uh, doing at things. least
2: he has a statue. we don't at least not yet so. you know
1: you, you talk about a guy and and I think it's funny to or not funny but interesting to sort of look at and, and go back and, and his psychology about being born in Sweden but never feeling like he was a part of Sweden and now as he sort of said in this he goes you know my parents probably never thought that that a son of theirs would be born in sweden and have a statue in sweden of him and i mean that's got to be for him that's the the uh, like the highest level i mean no doubt you can tell that it meant something to him and that's an important part of all this
2: even more than my reading glasses yeah and the folding can i gave him last year and
1: (laughs) as Laton says larry you're the only one who cares about him all right just that way you know Um, but no, it was, uh, it was a great, it's a great statue. Um, I could, and I know people were sort of discussing this a little bit. I could see a statue of Zlatan Ibrahimovic also joining a statue of David Beckham, not right away, but eventually I think there's other people who get statues before, but Zlatan Ibrahimovic has done, um, in two seasons, has done amazing things for the LA Galaxy and done things no other Galaxy player has ever done in Galaxy history.
2: But would James Corden prank him like he pranked Beckham? I don't think you. I don't think you could even come close to topping what he did to David Beckham. I
1: think I think that Larry Morgan might be able to prank Slot on either You two seem to be best buds out there. Uh, you know that could was be. that was funny. People, we had talked about this for weeks before it happened because you were trying to think about what to get him and you came up with the idea and you, you did it and you were a little nervous about it. Be like, hey, you know, if he's not in a good mood, it's not. And you're right. If he wouldn't have been in a good mood, it wouldn't have been a thing that you wanted to do but well he-
2: and also this is robbie Keane. no way no way that i would have done it he would have torn my head off he would have given me the look he has in that picture right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he would have. Says what are you doing? Yeah, no, yeah. You, you don't do that to Robbie Keane. So anyway, so I, although Robbie Keane was a prankster, but he was the guy who liked to dish it out. And if you, with his teammates, yeah, with his teammates, yeah. Not not with you, Larry. He 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 didn't like you. No. You know, yeah. That's, that's good. He didn't uh, like
2: many members of, of the media. I was, yeah. I, you know what? He was great. He was, really, he was, really was re- the alpha male. He I'm, was. I hit my, no, I hit the microphone again. He was the alpha male if there was one. He was, on and but team. and
1: he was like five foot six or seven. I mean, he was a small dude, but you didn't mess with Robbie Keane. So. That was no. fine. But anyway, the Zlatan statue, uh, they're just one of the, the things that happened. And Zlatan expected back here in the United States. In fact, I'm guessing he's probably already back. That was on Tuesday that they unveiled the statue. I'm guessing he's back on Thursday. Although he doesn't need to be, Larry, because it's not like there's some mandate that, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic needs to train throughout these next two weeks. Zlatan can just take the whole time off and probably still be just fine. Um, and if he still
2: has that sore Achilles, it's probably a good idea to take some time off, too.
1: Yeah, but yeah. there's no uh, there's no rushing any of that. All right. Uh, I want to get to something. The LA Galaxy told me that they were going to do it. They did finally do it, although I think it's late. I actually think that they missed some, some chances here. Um, I actually think the Galaxy were so confident that they were going to have a home playoff game that they waited to do this. And now that they probably won't have a home playoff game, or if they do, it'll have to be in the later stages. MLS Cup has the best chance of them getting a home playoff game. Um, is that the best chance? Yeah, because there's four teams they're better than in the Eastern Conference, whereas they need two teams. Uh, they're better than two teams in the Western Conference. Okay. And so in order for them to host, if they, let's say they advance past Minnesota and they advance past LAFC, the only way that they could host the next game, which would be the Western Conference Finals, is if Portland or Dallas made it. And so then they would host the Western Conference Finals, if that was the case. but In other
2: words, there's a chance in hell that they'll Yeah, exactly. The that's that's roughly there. Games.
1: But MLS Cup, yeah. there's four teams that they okay. could be in the Eastern Conference. So actually they do. But if they had one, uh, if they do have a, a, a home playoff game, I'm guessing that they probably wanted to announce and present the player of the year, the end of year player of the LA Galaxy uh, voting. And they uh, sent out the ballots um, to us, I think, on Wednesday. Maybe it was Wednesday. Was it just yesterday? I think it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. So they sent out the ballots to us on Wednesday, and they said that the uh, they'd be announced at a later time. Um, you know, it could be after. It could be prior to the game. I, you know, I don't. It's all sort of up in the air. But the bottom line is these these winners are not going to be announced. Um, at home and they probably could have been announced at home. Although you say the galaxy still had one game to play against Houston. So how could you vote before then? And you know, whole deal. so there's some, there's some different arguments, but I think, I think they missed the vote on this. Cause I think you could have voted on this a, a while ago. Um, no but doubt. the bottom line is that they asked the media to vote. And this is one of the media votes I actually get um, that Larry gets. Cause I don't get ones on the league wide voting or any of that, which is fine. Cause that seems like a headache more than anything else. Um, but I do get a vote, and so they asked us to vote on two things. And I think that these are fairly easy, but you have to think a little bit. And if you think, if you think for a couple minutes, I think you can get the the correct answer. And I don't know how it's going to go down because the Defender of the Year one is the tricky one.
2: That was the only tricky one, and thanks to Soccer Diva Sophie, uh, it came like a like a bolt out of the blue when she when she mentioned this one player's name. And I was watching the, the podcast and went.
1: Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. That's
2: the obvious choice.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty obvious whenever you got there. But I don't know if this player is going to win. It's the obvious choice, but because it's a little tricky, I don't know. So anyway, uh, they ask you to rank, and I talked. To, I asked everybody sort of what their what their guesses were or what it was, and I said that I'd tell everybody what my ballot actually was. And Larry and I will both share what our ballots are, so that way you guys know what it is. We're pretty open with that, and we do that every year whenever they ask us to. Um, so the first one is the LA Galaxy Player of the Year, and this one is easy, and that's why we're doing it first um, because it is not not much of a discussion point, although I think there's some media members who will make it a one discussion point. One in
2: particular point. who will go nameless, yes, who, right. who thinks otherwise.
1: Uh, however, uh, and by the way, it's nobody on this podcast, so I, was, I need to say that. It's yeah. not Kevin. I don't want Everybody thinks it's probably Panda. It's not, it's Kevin. not, not Kevin. He's It, it wasn't him. Um, but anyway, so they asked you to rank your top players in first, second, and third. You get three points for a first, two points for a second, and one point for a third. And so it's a ranked voting system, which means that, you know, a an, a wishy-washy second or third could put somebody into, you know, second or Possibly even first if they get enough votes and everybody else. That's not going to happen in this one. Um, let's
2: let's go with third first. Okay,
1: third for me. Um, why don't you tell people th- who your third was while I look for my ballot?
2: My third choice was Christian Pavone.
1: All right. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: just th- think of the impact this guy has had. Eleven games, three goals, eight assists. He's really added a real source of dynamic to this offense. A great um, companion piece is Latan on the field. Uh, He was my third choice. I don't think there's anybody else worth looking at as far as that third choice goes
1: now uh it's christian pavone that was who i had as well uh it makes and, and here's the deal is that you know the guy only played 11 games but in those 11 games as you mentioned the goals the assists uh, how much more dangerous he makes the la galaxy offense um you know really sort of righted the ship a little bit whenever he came in i know it took him a little while for that to happen but you know they did get that even though they sort of end on a sort of a, a down note um but you look at that so christian pavone is the the absolute third place choice in that second place choice
2: Second-place choice for me was Jonathan Dos Santos. It's hard to picture what this Galaxy midfield would be like without him. In fact, he played 29 games this season out of 34. The five games that he missed, the Galaxy went 2-3. and But he has been nothing short of superb this season, and unfortunately he's – He's outshone by one guy who will be named momentarily.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's Zlatan Ibrahimovic. By the way, I, I don't. No I, doubt. We're not burying the lead by saying that. Um, no doubt. Jonathan dos Santos is my second as well. Um, I had him at one point, probably above Zlatan, just for the impact that he had on the game and why Perhaps he's. In the most middle out.
2: of the season, I yeah. think he might have ranked higher.
1: He, he did. Zlatan had a little bit of a, a lull. By the way, a lull for Zlatan is like you know scoring three goals in four I games. I would like those lulls, right? I think a lot of people would. Um, but anyway, a little lull there, and I, I certainly had Jonathan dos Santos. I think John. Jonathan is one of the most important players to the LA Galaxy. If you're going to ask no me, God. you know the the most important player, maybe that's maybe that's something. But you know, player of the year, the guy who's sort of your MVP, the most valuable, it's Lathon Ibrahimovic.
2: Now, let me ask you this about Jonathan: how much how much credit do you think he gets from the rest of Major League Soccer? None. I, I really wonder about. I think he gets. Pretty much none is right. Yeah, th- no, and it's really unfair.
1: He's he's way undervalued in terms of what they think they see and what is actually happening. Um, you know, uh, Zlatan obviously steals all the headlines, and as probably he should. Um, But at the same point, whenever you look at what Jonathan Dos Santos is able to do with cutting off lanes, uh, distributing and passing, I mean, his passing accuracy alone and the amount of touches he gets, usually he has the most amount of touches in the game, usually he has the highest passes in the game, and usually he has the best passing accuracy. So... Um, you know it says a lot that we're, we're putting them at a guy a guy scored 30 goals basically is your team MVP it's Lopton Ibrahimovic but sure. but Jonathan Dos Santos for as bad as the defense has been this year Jonathan Dos Santos has been one of the best things to happen in that defense in no ter- this this entire year so uh, those are it and I imagine that that's how it's going to finish too I can usually tell these things and how the votes go uh, they won't tell us who finished second or third I don't believe I think they only tell us who finishes first
2: you know I've, I've told you this before I always thought that one of the most lethal goal scorers I've ever seen seen not only just on the Galaxy but in this league was Carlos Ruiz but Zlatan Ibrahimovic does not take a backseat to him or anybody he is is almost an unstoppable force when he wants to be when he's motivated he is almost unstoppable out there he is just I've never in this league I've never seen anything like him
1: no, no, he's been... He is a beast. He's absolutely a beast. And, and what he does on a regular basis is uh, is kind of crazy. Um, I, I There was a stat from Opta... And, and,
2: and he's never been subbed out once this season.
1: No, any game he's played, he's played 90 minutes. We've talked about that in just in terms of uh, how much he does. But there's a stat from Opta um, that came out today um, from at OptaJack, and uh, it says 24 on it is the start of the tweet. So it says 24. He says, The LA Galaxy won 24 points from Zlatan Ibrahimovic's 30 goals in 2019. Uh, 10 more than any other team had from one player's goal total. Ibrahimović had eight multi-goal games this year, the most by any player since 2007.
2: Even more than Vela, huh?
1: Even more. Sorry, I mentioned yeah. that name. I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's fine. You're loud. Um okay. no, but I- even more than that. Now, somebody argued and maybe you could make an argument that this makes him also the league MVP. If you're talking about what you look at There's in the MVP. There's a good argument for that. There is. It just doesn't hold water. I'm just no. I'm no. going to be honest with you. Everybody knows Carlos is going to win uh, yes. m- MVP. It's going to be a landslide.
2: Spectacular season, sure.
1: Yeah, and and so but this stat alone tells you how important Zlatan is to the LA Galaxy. And one one of the reasons that I think, you know, our voting is not that anybody would question it, by the way.
2: Larry, now, but, now, let me ask you this if Ibrahimovic and Vela had tied for the goal scoring league, oh, what who would win the MVP? I said, Wow, you could make an argument both ways and just, oh my goodness, you could go to town with an argument like that.
1: You could because I said that if Zlatan won the Golden Boot, that there would be a good, uh, there would be a good, really good argument that he would be the most valuable player. I just still don't think he would have won it. I don't think. There are enough people in MLS who value what Zlatan Ibrahimovic does on a day in day out. But I see articles. jealous of him. Yeah, I see articles that are written all the time about how Zlatan Ibrahimovic doesn't play defense, and That's I'm like, not he's not his scored, job. He's a striker, and he's yeah. never played defense. What else is new? He
2: does help out on set pieces a
1: lot, and he is a good defender whenever he that is. happens. He is. Uh, he doesn't win Defender of the Year though. Yeah. So, um, but
2: if they tied, who would have been named MVP?
1: I, I'll tell you. I would have had I been given a vote, vote which I do not have a vote. Had I been given a vote, I would have voted for Zlatan Ibrahimovic if he would have won the Golden Boot. If it's a tie, I would have too. If it's a tie, I, it's probably Carlos Vela still, and I still. And by the way, I don't think anybody else would have been swayed. Even if uh, even if Ibrahimovic would have won the Golden Boot, I think Vela still would have won it, just because of sort of that trend that you can see within the media that everything Carlos Vela does is is golden. Carlos Vela had is is as much of a one-goal scorer for LAFC as Zlatan is for the LA Galaxy. But Zlatan is seen as a negative, whereas Vela is seen as a positive. Um, and the fact that, you know, LAFC can play defense. Let's be honest. Uh, the Galaxy can't. Um, and so whenever the well, Galaxy... Well, they
2: can, but they I, go through wide stretches or, or they, where, where you're right, they can't.
1: They can't. They, they can't. can't. <laughs> and that's, I,
2: there's, there's or two, not can't, they don't.
1: There's 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 two modes for the LA Galaxy's defense, on and off, and that's about it. And on, it's like, eh, it's almost there, and then it's just off. Yep. Um, we saw
2: that in Houston, that's for sure.
1: No, and you see that throughout the year. Um, You know, that was one of the in things... In Vancouver. Yeah, that was one of the things that people were sort of, you know, trying to say. They're like, well, how can the Galaxy fix the defense? I'm like, you can't. It's too late. There's it's no fixing late. this defense, but you hope that the Galaxy too late. can go out there. You just got to
2: put the right personnel in there. Yeah, even and that. we know we know who those who those players are who should be in there.
1: Well, every, well I mean, you know, after our Monday show, I'm sure everybody does know. Um, and and really, when you look at it, it's it's pretty obvious that uh, Dan Stares and Diego Polenta are should be your two starting center backs. Whoever you put on the outside after that, I don't care. I don't think it matters that much as I know long people, as
2: Jorgen's on the bench.
1: Well, that see people say that, and I don't even think that matters. I, would, I know that's a cheap
2: I, shot. I'm sorry.
1: I haven't done the stats to actually back that up, but I'll tell you, I bet it's way closer than people think it is. I think that Jorgen Shelvik. Being out there matters very little to whether the galaxy win or lose.
2: Would you put Rajo over Felcher right back? No, I, not, I, especially I, not I, I, in the playoffs.
1: Especially not in the playoffs. Not now. Yeah, now I, I think Felcher had a horrible game, but anyway, yeah. let's get back sure, to Defender sure, of the sure, Year. Sure. Defender of the Year.
2: Defender of the Year. Okay, we'll go. <sighs> we'll go three to one. This is, I think, where we differ slightly. Yes. My third choice was goalkeeper David Bingham, David mostly Bingham. because. The guy led the league in saves. I mean, you got to give him at least a little credit for that.
1: You got, you got to not listen. There were people who responded to me on Twitter who said that it was David Bingham that he was Defender of the Year, and I can understand that. Um, I, I, we, we did those stats on Monday. Fourth in in save percentage. Fourth in save percentage, and had to make the most saves, which means he made the most saves and had a really good save percentage which in means doing he it. He
2: was busy.
1: He was really busy. He and then really you, busy. Then you go back to it in 16th in goals against, and it's like, yeah, because the Galaxy don't have any defense. The Galaxy average, you know, like almost two goals. Per game on defense whenever this stuff happens so i mean this is this again the galaxy defense is horrible but none of that has been david bingham's fault not in my mind um i think some people say that he doesn't police the uh defense as good as some goalkeepers maybe that's right um i don't know i've seen him get angry at some
2: of his teammates through uh through a bunch of games especially diego polenta one time in particular he was screaming at him and polenta basically told him to to, to shut up. Yeah,
1: to go away. To yeah. go away, which is which. Diego and Diego seems to like he is the leader on the defense. I mean, yeah. whenever you look at that, which yeah. is why she be playing center back, um, and and being in there with Dan Steris I think makes the most sense. Okay, so you had that. I had as my third uh, Diego Polenta. Okay, uh, I
2: came very close to him. To naming him, I probably named him fourth.
1: Yep. Yep. what'd you have for uh, your second place? Dan Steris. Dan Steris is my second place as well. Dan has had an unbelievable season. He was my season. choice of top defender before Sacre before, Diva
2: brought up, you know who.
1: Yeah, blew blew our minds and, yeah. and was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Really? I mean, it was
2: like a it was like a flash of lightning when she when she said that, and I said
1: Whoa. Well, I'll tell you right now that I know that the panda Kevin Baxter voted for Dan Stairs as his defender of the year. Okay. Okay. And then he, then whenever we were talking about it and we were, we were discussing, we were he was sort of like, I can see why you did that. I can understand that. I, I probably should have done that. But you know, it's one okay. of those, you, you think about it, you try to put it in the proper things. Um, the the number one here is Jonathan Dos Santos, and he has been no clear, doubt. far, head and shoulders, the best defender the LA Galaxy have had this year. No doubt. For his ability to break up counterattacks, for his ability to slide in the lanes and stop passing, for his ability even to go forward. I know we're talking about defending, but a lot of his defending is not only winning the ball, but then going forward. As For as much as people wanted to put Diego Polenta, which I disagree as being the Galaxy's best defender, uh, Diego Polenta's real asset is his ability to go forward, not necessarily his defense. You can point to the yes, he has a
2: very good left foot, too. He, very good. He
1: does, which is why a left back position isn't a horrible idea for him. Yeah. Unfortunately, for the Galaxy, they need him more in the center. Um, the thing
2: I also liked about Dos Santos, I, I didn't mean to break your yeah. train of thought, is his. If, if you watch him during a match, either live, in person, or on TV, his work rate is second to none. Yeah. I mean, he really works, to, to almost, almost to the point of exhaustion, oftentimes. Yeah. I think, really impressed with him.
1: I think that the votes for yeah, but if only he
2: would do more interviews in English.
1: Now, yeah, just because you can't speak, is speak Spanish. I, know, I can't Larry. speak
2: Spanish. I'm sorry.
1: Um, just uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. Uh, I don't know if he's going to win. Uh, I just don't know that. Again, it, it's it's. I don't know if people would think of that choice. Although we both agree, it's the obvious choice. It is, and that's the problem: is because he doesn't have a D for defender next I to mean, his name. He's
2: not on that back line where you automatically think that's where the defender of the year should be.
1: Yeah, no, he was in the midfield, and he was. But I'll say this, and I know that Opta doesn't back me up, and I know that Major League Soccer and the way people vote doesn't back me up. Uh, in my mind, this year nobody has played a better central defensive midfield than Jonathan dos Santos. No doubt in
2: my mind either.
1: And so, for, you know, for my money, that also makes him defender of the year, and that's why he finishes second in, in you know player of the year for the LA Galaxy. Um, so anyway, those are how we voted. Uh, the, the past winners are are many uh, whenever you look at this. I think it's always interesting. Uh, I was talking to Larry beforehand and we were discussing sort of uh, how sometimes the media gets to vote on these things and sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's a it's a decree, a presidential decree. Alexi Lawless once came in as the Executive general manager. Privilege. Yeah, and said, this is who it's going to be. I forget who he picked for it. Um, but he said, this is who it's going to be and it's not going to be this person and that's how it was. And the media didn't get the vote on it. If you go back to 2016, Giovanni dos Santos was named player of the year. He would have never been named player of the year. Had it not been for a fan vote, everybody in the media was pretty much aligned in the fact that we all thought it was yellow Dom and Vondam was going to become the first player to win both defender of the year, which he did in 2016 and was voted that way by the press and player of the year. He would have been the first person in Galaxy history to do that. Now, 2016 was a really bad... It wasn't a horrible season. It wasn't as bad as the following year. It wasn't as bad as 2017, which is when (laughs) it got really bad. But, I mean, it wasn't a great season. But Yellow Vondam was clear and head and shoulders above the best player on the field for the LA Galaxy in 2016, Um, which is why it's kind of a shame. And, by the way, there's bonuses that are linked linked to this stuff and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, whenever you take it away from... um, I think whenever you take it away from uh, the media, and maybe I'm making this more important, either have the fans vote for it all the time. The or, media
2: is always important. I mean, yeah,
1: come on. Yeah, I, I don't know. Listen, I don't trust a lot of the things that, that some of the media no. says in the press box. Larry and I will look at each other and be like, I don't know how where that came. And I read articles all the time that are so far off from what is in reality or surrounding the galaxy. I wonder if these people are actually, well, most of the time they're not. They're not anywhere near the team whenever they write these articles. Um, but I think the media has done a pretty good job of usually figuring out who the best player has been and who the best defender is been um and I don't think it ends up being a popularity contest whenever that happens although, like, although it can be it can it be can yeah be, sure but it's like
2: the Giovanni dos Santos that's popularity contest that's
1: why a fan vote doesn't and by the way I don't think Galaxy fans voted Giovanni dos Santos the the player of the year that year I really think it was probably more Mexico fans because it was open to anybody so anybody could have voted and Giovanni dos Santos was putting it out there as in hey vote for me on his social and so you know again that whole thing but um yeah it was it was not it, it, he was not the player of the year that year. He wouldn't have won had the media voted on it. And uh, and so that's just sort of something to keep in mind. But Ramon Alcindrini won player of the year in 2017. Ashley Cole won defender of the year in 2017 um, and 2018. Uh, I always point this out. People say, well, how could you possibly vote for a defender of the year for the Galaxy this year whenever they've been so horrible? And I'll tell you this, that in 2015, a year where the defense did not play very well. Do you remember who the who the defender of the year was in 2015, Larry Morgan? Wow.
2: 2015. Wow putting me on the spot. That I know. M- it embarrassing was, it, me. It
1: was a tough one. Give me a hint. Uh, Brazilian. Brazilian, gosh. One, one, one name, one name, center back. Is, Juninho? No, 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 no. Center back, Leonardo, Leo.
2: Oh, Leonardo. Oh, Leonardo was
1: named defender of the year. Every time... <laughs>
2: every time I watched Leonardo I held my breath yep I mean he, it seemed like he always made one mistake yep. that cost the galaxy either a goal or a near goal yep but I will say there was one year that might have been the year when he did play pretty well yep but those other times oh my goodness he just kind of you kind of cringed when he was matched up with somebody uh, coming in on a break or uh Gosh.
1: Hey, hey, you know what? It's, it's not, it's one of those. And he had so much size and so much talent. Yes, just, but no, oh. he switched off so many times and, sure and with all that talent. He no, sure I think it's did. funny, but I mean, you know, it's like winning best picture and, in in, you know, it's not about so much. If you were the best picture ever, it was just Shakespeare the best,
2: in love instead of saving private Ryan.
1: That j- Just that happened that year. Yeah. And it was, it was sort of the trend and, and everything that it goes. So, um, so yeah, that's when you look at it. And by the way, you know, people in the chat room rightfully saying that, well, Giovanni dos Santos had 14 goals and 12 assists in 2016. It was by far his most productive year.
2: I can't remember him ever being healthy, healthy yeah. enough to do that.
1: And, and that was a year he played in 28 <laughs> games, in two, so he missed six games, six games total. But go over the the following years that he was on the Galaxy. Yeah, but well, I, that's that's sort of the whole thing. Is yeah. it, then it's 25 games, so he starts to decrease. Six goals, three assists, and then in 2018 he had 14 goals, so he missed 20 games, um, with three goals and two assists. I mean, it declined. And 2016 was by far Giovanni dos Santos' most productive yeah. year with the LA Galaxy. Having said all that, he wasn't the best player on the field that year. And everybody knew it. And I remember going in I remember going into the voting that year and everybody's like, nope, it's it's Yellow Van Damme. Everybody, it wasn't even a difficult decision for people. Giovanni dos Santos was not gonna win that award and but he did well because they they moved to i i that's honestly right. yeah. listen it's not a conspiracy theory i'm very sure the la galaxy knew that he wasn't gonna win who they, was
2: the whistleblower
1: it was, yeah exactly who who's it was probably me i was talking too loud um but you know the whole thing so yeah you go into that and that's what happens in 2016 i'm telling you right now it would have been yellow vandam so uh but anyway he was
2: excellent too and he was excellent in his prime vandam he, he he really was before the personal problems really kind of affected his career he was excellent
1: yeah, 2017 wasn't wasn't his year. Um, 2016 was his year for the LA Galaxy. Great player that year, and a good captain. Uh, eventually would have been a been a good captain. Um, all right, let's go to a question we got, and I'm gonna have to give uh, Sarah from South Pasadena. Sarah,
2: Sarah, this is a tough one. This, this is a this really is a tough one, but. She, Thank you for the question. Yeah, though.
1: she's going to get a producer credit on this show if she keeps <laughs> this up. Um, let's let's sort of read what uh, what Sarah but, had to but say. But
2: make sure what Sarah we're talking about.
1: Well, yeah, but the, everybody knows that we corner the market on Sarahs from South Pasadena, so it's one of them. So we certainly everybody knows that it's one of the Sarahs from South Pasadena that we talk to all the time. Does
2: she wear a hat like the other Sarah?
1: I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Um, let's see. It's uh, she goes. Hey, Josh, this is Sarah from South Pasadena. Uh, you remember when Giovanni Dos Santos was on the Galaxy? Yeah, me neither. Uh, but it did make me ponder what I feel was a close call last year, and I thought maybe you and Kevin, Eric, or Larry would like to jump into my time machine and travel to an alternative universe where we weren't so lucky in escaping that buyout from Dennis DeClosa. What do you think this season would have been like if we were stuck with GDS's salary and him taking up a roster spot? Where would he have likely uh, then then what and then we likely would have bought down Alessandrini. What signings would we not have been able to get this year? Where would GDS fit and have fit into the formation? Would Jonah have been able to be the Jonah we see today? What games would we still have won with this year with Giovanni Dos Santos? What games could we have won if he was with us? Was it worth the $6.5 million buyout? I will tell you my answer is a resounding yes, but I'd love to see your take on this what if from an analytic and statistical point of view. I don't know if I could give you I anything. Don't, I
2: don't know if this can be handled in a podcast or a town hall. I, I mean. <laughs> this is unbelievable
1: no it was uh, it's a it's a great question it is and, and it's not one that I think you can take a statistical look at because it's hard to prove statistics without a player um, I, I can't say this I'll tell you this this is my I don't know this is one of two hot takes I probably have on the show Um Giovanni dos Santos would have been more valuable to the LA Galaxy than Ramon Alessandrini this year. And so if you're looking at that, and let's go but back would, to... Th- but
2: would he have stayed healthy? Uh, That's the question.
1: Yeah, I mean, well... Because
2: Alessandrini has missed, what, two-thirds of the season, if not more? And but he's would played Gio five... Have he stayed pl- healthy? He played five
1: games this yeah, year. five games. Um... No, I mean, that's. I, I think Giovanni Del Santos had more go- more games in him than that. I mean, you don't know that. Um, but I think that you would have been able to get more goals. And does he fit in the formation? Yeah, he probably fits in the formation. Do you want to play him on the wing where Alessandrini was? Or does Alessandrini stay? I mean, now you have to sort of be the pondering of, does Alessandrini stay and is, and is healthy in this scenario? Or is Alessandrini bought down with TAM? So the TAM signings, so that basically means... Listen, the Ola Kamara deal opened up more room than the Giovanni Dos Santos. The only thing Giovanni Dos Santos did was allow Zlatan Ibrahimović to come in and take a designated player spot, Um, which, by the way, Sarah rightfully points out that if you do that, you would have probably had to buy down Roman Alessandrini, who takes a TAM spot. Um, So maybe there's not enough in there to get Joe Corona, but you're going to sell Ola Kamara, who is also a TAM player, and that still happens.
2: Speaking of Kamara, would he have helped the Galaxy this season? Yeah. Yes, I think he would have. But, he certainly
1: did last year. But how much of that can you also credit to whenever... Because, see, the big move here isn't so much Giovanni Dos Santos. Giovanni Dos Santos, I said, would be more valuable than Roman Alessandrini. Um, you know, so in my mind, that means Roman still gets injured this year, and that means that Gio's there, so that means that Larry Morgan sitting on the bench would be more productive than than Roman Alessandrini. I'm always productive. Yes, I, I would imagine you are. Um so, you know, there's a lot of what-ifs that come into this, but I think the Gio would have fit into the program. You probably could have moved him into a spot. Maybe you don't get somebody like Uriel Antuna. Uh, who's on loan and isn't really much of a factor. Um, you don't get a guy like Joe Corona. I don't believe, uh, even though the money that used that Corona was used to buy is really uh, is Ola Kamara money and not Giovanni Dos Santos money. And, Sarah, I'd like to point out, we don't know actually how much the LA Galaxy paid for the buyout. We assume that it's his full salary and that the Galaxy are still responsible for that, but he also gets sold during this time. That would have been what, $6 Six point five. Yeah, $6.5, 6.5 million because he would have gotten a... I would have taken $6.5 million. Yeah, me too. Me too. It would have been nice for the budget. Yeah. Um, so no, looking at all that stuff, it's tough to say. I, I just I think that you're right that the galaxy benefit from Giovanni dos Santos not being there. I think that Sarah's also sort of right in asking the question: Is what kind of player would Jonathan dos Santos have been with Giovanni dos Santos still on the team? Because we've all seen a marked improvement of yes. Jonathan dos Santos since Giovanni dos I was Santos just went away. Say,
2: look what look what what kind of player Jonathan has become without his brother hanging. Hanging a shadow over him And I've, I've always said that I, th- I think Personally I think the reason The Galaxy got rid of Geo Was he was like an albatross Around their neck Yeah And Dennis just Dennis DeClosse Just wanted to Just get rid of this nagging problem no matter what the cost. Let's move on. Let's bring in some other new personnel.
1: Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos missed, as we said, 20 games in 2018. He had three goals and two assists. Um, That's still, by the way, uh, the missing 20 games is a lot less than Roman Alessandrini, who who missed 29 of 34 games this season.
2: It's too bad because he's so talented and such a good guy. And just, you know, uh, Scolotto keeps calling him a, quote, very important player, unquote. Unfortunately, we haven't seen much of him at all this Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to talk a well, little bit about that. Well, when we have seen that. him at his best, he's very, very good.
1: So, I mean, to, to Sarah's answer is, you know, was it worth the $6.5 million? I think that for team health and sort of team moving on, it was an important thing to do. Yes. Uh, how much of an actual effect it has on this season is, I almost think, negligible. Um, I think it helps in the mentality more than anything. I think it helps the uh, I help think it helps Jonathan dos Santos. Um, no so doubt about that. Maybe those are in, there are sort of the intangibles that you need to get out of that deal in order for that to happen. Um, but in my mind, uh, you know, if you had Giovanni dos Santos and he's productive this year, I mean, again, you know, we pointed out and and then rightfully said he didn't deserve to be player of the year that year uh, with 14 goals and twelve assists in 2016, that's unbelievably productive. And if he could have been pr- that productive again, Mm, that's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's it, it, don't know. It, it's a great. It's I'll, I'll it's tell a, you this. It's a
2: great question, Sarah. And you, why did you have to put us on the spot like that? Yeah, that's yeah, a great question.
1: I was going to say it's one of those things that I read it and then shame on you, Sarah. And, Sarah, shame on you. And then immediately we sat there, and I sat there for the rest of the day and pondered all the possibilities of looking at it. Um, you know, I don't think maybe a Christian Pavone doesn't come in. Um, I don't think they have the tam room if if Alessandrini's down there as well so you know maybe look at Pavone not being here as I a I think
2: what this team would have been like without Pavone.
1: Well I mean you know for most of the year we saw it so right. it was one of those so yeah it's yeah. It, it's good but it's not great. Yeah. Um so anyway, I, I, it's a great question. So thanks, uh, thanks Sarah for, for putting that in there. All right, uh, let's get to a little more LA Galaxy news instead of just some prognostication that we have going on. Uh, the LA Galaxy uh, announced, or at least uh, Guillermo Coloto talked today about Ramon Alessandrini, a guy we were just talking about, uh, made it through a Wednesday scrimmage. Uh, the scrimmage was a closed door scrimmage against the Jolos um, from Tijuana and Liga MX. Uh, this was a, a game that was not really for the first team. This was not for first-team LA Galaxy players, mostly for guys who needed minutes and also for some, like, you know, Galaxy 2 guys and some of the reserve guys. Um, so that was really what this scrimmage was about, but it was important for Roman Alessandrini um, to get time in there. Uh, so uh, GBS told uh, Kevin Baxter, also turned. Told uh, Britt Pergel. uh Kevin reported that Allison Journey played in the scrimmage Wednesday and came out of it fine. He's expected to train Friday. LA Galaxy planned to have him in the 18 in the 18-man roster for the MLS playoffs. Uh, Britt- it's,
0: you
2: know, it's good to see Roman make it through. Uh, you know, clearly he's been frustrated. I remember talking to him a couple weeks ago. He was so anxious to get playing again. He was back training with the first team. Then about a week ago, Scalotto said he has suffered a minor. Uh, setback in his recovery a little soreness in the knee took a couple of days off and now he's back but 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 he's clearly been frustrated clearly disappointed and it's good to see that maybe, he's seen that proverbial light at the end of the the tunnel as far as his recovery.
1: Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. Uh, Britt Pergel told uh, or tweeted out the quote he said uh, that Guillermo said he has no problem today and will train tomorrow. We got to think about how he can be ready for Minnesota. I don't know if he'll be ready for a start, but he's likely to be in the 18. Um, So again, in the 18 is, is all good stuff. If you go back and we were sort of hinting at it and talking about it a little bit, but you look at Roman Alessandrini 34 out of 34 games he played in 20 Nine, or excuse me, he missed 29 games, played in five games. He has a total of 281 minutes. Um, and that means that he, out of the total number of minutes, so 3,060 minutes in 34 games, just in case you want to know how many it is, it's 3,060 minutes total in 34 games. Roman Allison played in 281 of those minutes. And That's so that means, not
2: good. That's not a good ratio. That
1: means he played in less than 10% of the LA Galaxy's minutes this year. Um, if you look at Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who played in 29 games, uh, he played basically 85.3% of the total minutes. And if you look at Jonathan Dos Santos, he played 83.2%. Of the total minutes available, so very impressive. Um, you know, people ask, Sarah's, "Do you have
2: that kind of staying power?" Yeah, no,
1: no, me neither. No. Um, I, if you look at um, at what you saw here in in you know the designated players and what you got from Ramon Alessandrini this year, Larry, there's just you, you didn't get much, which is, sort of leads me to the whole. Well, Giovanni Dos Santos was still on this team; you probably would have gotten more than what you got out of Ramon Alessandrini.
2: Hindsight is always twenty twenty, though. I mean, it is.
1: It is. It's easier to go back and look at that is. and say, "Oh, well, it that's is. that's how that's how it." But well, who knows?
2: Been. Maybe Gio would have gotten hurt again. Who knows?
1: Yeah, absolutely could have. Um, if you also go and look, and I keep track of you know the designated player goals and goals per minute and how much it costs each, uh, how much it costs per game for each player, that type of thing. If you look at it, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is made with 29 games played. Um, he made two hundred forty-eight thousand two hundred seventy-six dollars per game. All right, because he played in 29 games, you take his salary divided by the number of games. Okay, so that's how much he made this year per game.
2: I would take that for a game.
1: Jonathan Del Santos made 68,966. I would take that for a game. That's not bad either. Uh, Roman Alessandrini made almost four hundred thousand dollars per game. That's my man, and that means he's basically the most, um, out of everybody. Well, I mean, even if you look at Zlatan Ibrahimovic, got paid. Uh, let's see, do I have all the right? Yeah, I do have the right goals. He got paid $204,706 per goal. Wow. Which is not bad either. Not bad either. Not bad for working every day. We're
2: in the wrong profession, Josh. I
1: I think you're right. I think we are. Um, By the way, Zlatan Ibrahimovic ended up making up uh, $2,353 per minute. Um, <laughs> just, just in case you wanted to know uh, how that all uh, breaks down. It's
2: just, it's just mind-boggling the uh, the money these athletes make make nowadays.
1: It's well, just I mean, unbelievable. Well, some of that is, and then you also look at guys in Major League Soccer who are making you know less than sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year. So. Uh, you know, it varies widely uh, for all that. But no, um, you know, with Roman Alessandrini, there's a real question of what impact he can make. Uh, It sounds like he's going to be on the bench in Minnesota, which means that somebody else is not on the bench in Minnesota. So it'll be interesting to see who's not on the bench in Minnesota because Roman is there.
2: If he is there, who do you think is the odd man out? I hate, I to, I hate to put you on the spot.
1: Um, I strangely right now, the only person I can think of who wouldn't be on the bench, which is you wouldn't do this, but I'm thinking positionally is that you wouldn't have Chris Pontius there, but Chris Pontius is going to be on the bench. I think you lose a defender somewhere. So I think that one of the defenders that was a backup defender isn't on the field because you're going to need to have midfielders and the only midfielder you're going to have. And we'll talk about that here in a second. The only midfielder you're probably going to have as a backup uh, might be Servando Carrasco. And so Servando Carrasco is there. He's has to be, so you're not moving his spot. Uh, you need a defender. You're probably gonna have Jorgen Shelvick, right? So I mean, you know um and where, but, is, oh, you where know,
2: is Perry Kitchen in all of this? You
1: know who you know who is probably out who has been getting sitting on the bench but not getting any minutes is Emil Cuello. An offensive player in a spot where yes. they're not going to need them, yes. so that that makes sense.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Good. And we got uh, a very fir- good suggestion. First class. Uh, first class trends uh, on on our chat room also said Cuello. So there we go. Um. Yeah. F. Ryan Alvarez. Way to go, F.
2: first class trends. Way yeah, to go.
1: Yeah. F. Ryan Alvarez. By the way, is, is, is gone. gone. Yeah. His season is over. Um. He's Mexico.
2: U seventeen. Yeah.
1: He's not going to be there. So I mean, that could be another thing. Is that with him not there? being gone, you could have somebody slot in. So, there's a couple offenses, but he's going to fit in for an offensive player, not a defensive player and the midfield and everything else.
2: I wonder what Perry Kitchen's status is.
1: We don't know. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Nobody him. Knows. It was a groin injury of some sort. We I don't I I and There was a
2: rumor he had surgery. That's that
1: was not true apparently. That was so not true, so yeah. he did not have surgery. Um but he was apparently training with the team last week, full training, so everybody was cuz everybody was healthy. Yeah. Uh, and not included tough year Perry for Kitchen him too, boy. So, um I
2: remember. Yeah. I, I remember when he was being carted off earlier in the year with the ankle injury and just had surgery and just took a long time to come back. And now, but who knows uh, what his status is? I don't know. Well, hopefully, hopefully, I'll find out maybe next week when I go back to training.
1: Well, the interesting part of that now is that with the injury to Joe Corona, and that's really where it comes out. Joe Corona uh, put out an Instagram post today um, that had himself in an air cast um, nothing major. I, and we had reported that it was a sprained toe. Um, and it is still apparently a sprained toe. I actually asked. And whenever they said it's a sprained toe, I said, no, really, what is it really? And they're like, no, it's a sprained toe. I'm like, okay, but it sounds, it sounds like it wasn't a sprained toe. So, but it looks like it's a sprained toe. And
2: people have to know the difference between a sprain and a strain. A sprain is worse. A sprain is a slight tear, whether it be cartilage or ligament or whatever. A strain is like a pull. It's like a stretch. A sprain is worse than a strain is.
1: Yeah. Um, And in this particular case, and everybody saw on the broadcast, it looked like as they were wrapping Joe Corona's foot uh, that there was blood on the bandage. So it could be that it also is like a toenail thing where he has his toenail. I thought maybe it was a broken toe, but I'm told it is not a broken toe. told it is still a sprained toe. And so, therefore, the air cast, again, he has some time. Was he stepped on?
2: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, it looks I don't like, remember the play.
1: Yeah, it looks like he was stepped on okay. and, and that's sort of where it came through and and it looked like it hurt because um, he tried to get up and play yeah. through it and then he had to end up going down yeah. and they had to sub him. And
2: they missed him. They missed him in that game.
1: They missed him in the Minnesota game. But here's the problem is that, I, you know, Joe Corona was very important to the LA Galaxy in that Minnesota game. You saw whenever he went away he that the Houston. Galaxy. Uh, yeah, sorry. The Houston, Houston game, game. Yeah. Um, was very important. He's going to be very important and if he's not available and Perry Kitchen is not available and you have these two players not available, you know the only person coming off the bench then is Servando Carrasco, which I love. Servando Carrasco, I think he's a great guy, but we all know that the level of quality between Perry Kitchen and you know Joe Corona drops off significantly to Servando Carrasco, and you know that's life. That's what happens whenever you have like a fourth or fifth string guy who has to play minutes. Um, and so if you're going against Minnesota and that's the only sub you have coming off in the midfield, that's a problem for the LA Galaxy. I'll tell you this, Larry. Joe Corona. Now,
2: would Juninho be another possibility? No. Although he hasn't played at all. No, he's not playing. Yeah, but he'd be the only other guy worth even considering. But no, but he won't get any... You won't get any looks. The,
1: the 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 thing here that's more important than anything, you know, everybody's talking about Roman Alessandrini. Every time I see people tweet about Roman Alessandrini, they're like, oh, the Galaxy is saved. This and the Galaxy are not going to be saved by Roman Alessandrini in his 10 or 12 minutes that he's going to get. He may come in and score some goals. He may, you know, sort of, quote-unquote, save the Galaxy if he can find a way to do that and is jacked up enough whenever he comes in to, to have some sort of effect. But the guy hasn't played all year. I think you're asking for way too... This is like asking for Kirk Gibson to come in. I mean, the guy's not going to be 100% healthy, you know, that. He's going to be as close as he can be but he's not going to be all the way there. He's certainly not going to be game fit. So all of these things going into that, the more important injury here is not Roman Alessandrini, it's Joe Corona. And how well Joe Corona does in healing and getting on the team, he needs to be a starter against Minnesota. He mm-hmm. needs to be able to control that midfield. Joe Corona's injury is way, way more important right now to be focusing on than what is going on with Roman Alessandrini. Roman Alessandrini is a cherry on top of a, a ice cream sundae, and Joe Corona is all the ice cream that's underneath. It's the, the foundation of that ice cream. Cream Sunday.
2: I've always, I've always had this question about Roman. I mean, I've gotten to know him; he's, he's a nice guy. Why is he so popular?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's very good-looking, first of all. I mean, that is one sexy it, man. I'm not afraid to admit. Is it, it the French accent? It, it certainly can. I'm certainly that's part well, of it too. But
2: Michael Ciani had a French accent.
1: Yeah, Michael Ciani was an attractive large man too. <laughs> I mean, all those French guys are good-looking guys. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, you know, listen, Roman Sandrini. Try, when, he he. Whenever he plays for the LA Galaxy, and he has a crest on, he plays for that crest. He does, and you see it. Yes. and he loves Los Angeles. And,
2: and he, he loves the LA. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I would love to see you try to do it. By the way, it yeah. Okay, take a I lot.
2: just tried, and I think I spelled a, an X or something.
1: Yeah, it was. It wasn't pretty. Um, but no, I mean, Roman Alcindrick, That's why people love him. I mean, you know, listen. There's lots of you know players that people love that weren't very good. Ema Boateng is one of those players. I mean, the guy tried as hard as hard as he could. He wasn't a great player. He was an average player. He was fast. He was fast. Yeah. That was that was his skill. Yeah. Um, so you get that. But you know, Roman Alessandrini is is that guy who you want to be playing in. You know, for your team, and that's why he's so popular, and that's why people want to see him succeed. But I'm telling you right now, Joe Corona is more important. No and, doubt. No and people are going to focus on Ramon Alessandrini and they're going to obsess over Ramon Alessandrini. And that's not going to, I don't think that helps. The Galaxy don't need help on offense, Larry. They need help on defense. And Joe Corona is an important part of that defense. And if he's not 100% and they have to go in, it's just, yeah, it's it's not going to be good. It's scary. It's very scary. Um, by the way, chat room says it's also very fun to say Alessandrini, which is not, they're not wrong. Alessandrini. But by
2: Roman the way,
1: we can all agree that Alessandrini is an Italian name but he's French he's French okay Marseille I just wanted to say I, mean, just, I just I mean, I know the countries are close to each other in regions, so I'm not I understand how you can mix the last names, but I'm just saying that's a that's an Italian last name.
2: it's uh, right. uh
1: the LA Galaxy also missing some international players this week, but all will be back uh playing for their teams. Uh, we already talked about the Sebastian Lejet with the United States, Aurel Antuna with Mexico, Rolf Felcher with Venezuela, Giancarlo Gonzalez with Costa Rica. Uh, to note, Jonathan Dos Santos did not travel with Mexico.
2: And Ephraim.
1: And Ephraim Alvarez away with the U17 Mexico World Cup team which is going to be playing down in Brazil uh, and that is effectively ends his season we talked about it on Monday as well um, so, uh, the game's going on. We already had, uh, one actually is probably over now, but I haven't been able to look up the score yet. Cause we've actually been recording, but, uh, Haiti versus Costa Rica people. Gonzalez was on the bench. So, uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez was there with, uh, the Costa Rican national team. And he was at least a substitute, um, for this game with you. When you go over to Venezuela, uh, Rolf Felcher did come in as a sub. It didn't tell me what minute I imagine. It was sometime in the second half, uh, Venezuela, Venezuela beat Bolivia, uh, four to one in that game. Uh, uh, Haiti and Costa Rica, by the way, that's a CONCACAF Nations League game. So not a friendly. Uh, just like the United States and Sebastian Lejet taking on Cuba uh, on Friday. That's right, Friday, D.C. in Washington, D.C. That's where it is. Uh, Audi, Field. Audi um, Field. So they're playing uh, Cuba uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. And that is also a CONCACAF Nations League game. Uh, Bermuda, How many league games are there? There's a bunch. I mean, it's basically... It's, it's
2: like all the drafts that MLS has. I'm, I still say there's like secret drafts we don't know about. It's just... These games and these competitions, they just... They come out of the woodworks.
1: Well, I mean, but this one now is basically what World Cup qualifying is going to be. So now this is that the Nations League tournament for for CONCACAF. Um, so now you have games that actually matter. So Sebastian Legette will play in a game that actually matters against Cuba uh, whenever the United States take on. Well, you have Bermuda.
2: Let's hope he doesn't get hurt. My goodness.
1: Well, yeah, of course, Larry. That's what you hope for all of these guys.
2: Because he has another history of injuries and just, oh, you just kind of cringe. You just kind of hope for the best. and just hold your breath when he's out there. But...
1: You're, you're not that much fun to hang out with. You know, know that? I'm you're sorry. such a killjoy. Of course. I'm,
2: I'm pessimistic. I'm sorry. Um
1: so anyway, so uh Costa Rica, uh that was one. And then you have Ariel and Tuna who's traveling to Bermuda, Bermuda versus Mexico, Concacaf Nations League game on Friday. Sunday, Costa Rica versus Curacao, that's a CONCACAF Nations League game. Monday, Venezuela versus Trinidad and Tobago, that's a friendly and international friendly. That'd be a good match. Uh Tuesday is Canada versus the United States in the CONCACAF Nations League game, and Mexico versus Panama in a CONCACAF Nations League. That's a good game too. So anyway, all the nations league game, there it goes. Uh by the way, chat room, just telling me Gonzalez just came on in the 74th minute for Costa Rica. So there is your Thank you chat room. They're always good. So a, a little 15 minutes for, for people, Gonzalez, that's probably a good run out for him. And we'll keep him sharp during this game during this week where they don't have many games. Um, so that's what you have for the LA Galaxy. Their training schedule this week was basically, you know, closed door on Wednesday, and basically it was closed door because there was that Jolos uh game where they had that scrimmage. Uh Thursday was a ten AM training, Friday's ten A. M. Saturday is to be determined, Sunday the team has off, and Monday is to be determined right now. So uh Guillermo Baroscaloto building in some flexibility for the team in this rest period. Make sure everybody's rested, make sure everybody's good to go.
2: I'll be out there sometime next week, probably well, it depends what the media is. we call it the media. S- the media scrum. It'll be Friday. Friday I think I'll, so. I'll probably, I'll, I'll be out there Friday.
1: Yeah, because the galaxy chartering to Minnesota. Uh, they are chartering. Are they so flying
2: on Friday or Saturday? My
1: guess is they're flying on Saturday. Wow. Yeah. Anything
2: so. west, anything east of the Mississippi. The usual rule of thumb is you fly it an extra day ahead of time. Yeah, which,
1: but that's with commercial flights. You're on. A, you're on a charter flight. So a that's charter true. flight okay. gets you to where okay. you need to go. Okay. Um, so with the charter flight there and doing that, they'll probably travel on Saturday, which is good. Um, we'll have a weather update for you, and I'll give you what it's current, the current weather forecast is. And uh, Larry pretty much got it right at the beginning there. But I want to get some, to some questions here uh, that we got from Reddit and, and try to get some of those. Um, as long as
2: they're not personal, I will answer
1: them. Hugh says um, – Hugh, Hugh from Reddit, by the way. Uh, got to use his full name.
2: Where is Reddit, California?
1: Reddit. No, that's not – Larry. <laughs> You know what? For you, I almost have to pretend like that's you, real.
2: You almost believe me for a second. Was, you almost did. You almost went for it. You,
1: if Eric said it, I'd be like, "Oh, funny joke." With you, I worry. You almost went for it. I almost thought almost I had. Gotcha. To, I almost thought I had to explain Reddit to you. I, <laughs> trying to explain Twitter to you is is tough enough. I know. Uh, not really. Uh, this is Hugh says. Not really a question. Just a reminder slash observation. Among the men best defenders in the league this season, we had Kai Wagner from Philly, who made three hundred twenty thousand this year. Miles Robinson at two hundred thousand. Parkhurst at three. Three hundred thousand and Ike Par at three hundred fifty thousand. This back line alone amounts to the salary of one Jorgen Shelvik.
2: I would have taken any of those salaries, by the way. That's yeah, not, but, not a problem. But that is something equals one Jorgen Shelvik. Wow.
1: Yeah, and and by the way, he also points out that uh, that doesn't even mention that you know with Perry Kitchen's contract coming up, um, that's also a lot of money there. So the point being that after the season is over, the Galaxy will have a free one point five million dollars for two players. By the way. I disagree with you. I don't know that Perry Kitchen is going anywhere. I think that that, I hope he stays. I think the contract amount will change, but I don't necessarily think that he's departing. I think that he will stay here in in, with the LA Galaxy. We'll see, Um, but. Again, the Galaxy can't go getting rid of domestic players that play fairly well, and Perry Kitchen fits in this formation well if he's healthy. He does, um, but he can't be making six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars
2: if he's healthy. Perry Kitchen is a very valuable player on this team.
1: Yeah, he is. Um, by the way, uh, Perry Kitchen has four hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars as his uh, salary right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, all those things. You know, I could see him being valuable at two hundred and fifty for the LA Galaxy or three hundred for the LA Galaxy. Maybe not at the four seventy-five. So there's going to be room. And we know that Jorgen Shelvik is certainly, we don't, he's not back. So, no, you know, no. that's a million dollars. So I agree to that. So basically, Hugh's saying that it's way more than enough money to bring in three to four solid players that complement Polenta in the back line, the defender we should be building around. I disagree with Hugh. Again, uh, there are two, there are a bunch of defenders you could be building around. Diego Polenta might be that guy. Um, he might not be that guy. He might be the guy that you build on, put up build as a left back. Uh, for the LA Galaxy next season, and you find it and on the we've center seen back. And we
2: going to be pretty pretty effective out, out on, on on the left wing. Ask him, uh, ask Carlos Vela, but just how good he was in uh, in uh, one of those matches with LAFC. Absolutely, he really played well against him.
1: Absolutely, but you know it, it sort of undermines the fact that Dan Steris has been the Galaxy's most you know dependable defender. And again. Uh, this isn't this isn't something that I say because it's fun to say, but you can't build a roster with all international slots. Now, you're going to get some back whenever you move. You're going to move Jorgen to get, but the Galaxy are already over international slots by three, I think. I think they have That's 11, right. and you will get eight next year to start. So the Galaxy will have to produce and manufacture three international slots, and all the other teams around the league will also know that the Galaxy need to... Get three international slots, and so the price of those, there's a price for those to pay and keep those. So the Galaxy looking at domestic talent, you have to look at the domestic talent you have, and you have to keep that domestic talent. And that might mean that you have to give some people some raises. But I'll tell you right now that you that Dan Stairs is somebody you want to keep, because if you get rid of him, somebody else will take him, and he will start against the LA Galaxy, and he will do just fine.
2: Is Dave Romney someone you want to keep?
1: Yeah, I do. I in, do too. In, in my I mind. Too. I don't know that the Galaxy because are going to do
2: Because he's, he's versatile. He can play inside or
1: outside. I know that there are teams. I know for a fact there are teams who already are looking at Dan Stairs and, and, and uh, Dave Romney. Know for a fact that is happening. That they are looking at him. Now, does that mean that you can make a trade and that you could bring in some other? Yeah, you could. But you're talking. You're probably not going to get like-for-like like value on these things. Uh, in my mind, with the amount of money both of those guys are making, keep them. Keep yes. them. Keep I, the, it doesn't hurt you. you, you have to, the, the international players are going to be a problem. There's too many and you're only allowed eight and the Galaxy have 11. That's a lot of money spent on roster spots that you necessarily don't have.
2: The bottom line is well, Dan and Dave are good young players. By the way, and they have good futures ahead of them. They're good young players. Bottom line,
1: the the if you want to, you know, I went over the center back pairings and who should be. And we talked about Stairs and Polenta being the statistically the best center back pairing. They also have the most games together as well. But Stairs and Polenta are that if you want to know what I really feel about who should be playing to center back, it should be Dave Romney and Dan Stairs together. And you can put Diego Polenta out on the left, and you can play. I don't care who you play on the right; it doesn't matter. Um real on the right. But the LA Galaxy down the stretch, if you remember last year and the run that they made That's was right. because of Dan Steris and Dave Romney when in the middle.
2: Dominic Kinnear put them back together again and the team took off.
1: There you go. Yep. So, I mean, the, I don't think those yep. are even hot takes. Anyway, um, but the, you know, the basically he's saying, you know, have some optimism here because next year, you know, the galaxy will be a cup contender. I'll say this the galaxy brought in a bunch of defenders this year. They brought in Diego Planta they brought in People Gonzalez. All right. Um, you know they they moved uh, Araujo up, so they did it. They missed on Gonzalez, all right. Which doesn't mean that they're going to hit next year. You know
2: it's it's funny because I had said for for quite a while that I thought Gonzalez was a very good defender, but boy did he tail off. My goodness, I mean, geez, uh, hard cr- to believe the quality of play that just dropped with him in there. I mean, it really just. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what happened.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, again, I think he's very good in emergency situations. That's not necessarily what you want to value your defender on. Um, he's great at, at slide tackles and all sorts of stuff. But, again, that's not, that's like that's like saying, uh, again, I, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this. That's like saying Omar Gonzalez is a good defender. He was really he good. He was a good defender he, at one he, time. You know why he was a good defender?
2: Because A.J. AJ Daly Garza was right next to him.
1: There you go. Find a pairing. Yes. Find a pairing. The reason that Omar and you're was such a about good an defender, unlikely
2: pairing, but boy were they talented. You know when what? they played together
1: because Omar was the physical and AJ was the smarts and AJ was the speed and AJ was the good defender and Omar was an okay defender and together they made yes. a perfect defender.
2: AJ was always their most intuitive defender too.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what you have. I think that you know with Dan Stares is more intuitive than what you see even from Polenta. Um, I like Polenta. Um, but all of these things, looking at that, you, you can't sit here and say that you, you don't have some, some other options still available back there on the back line. I think there, I think there are, and I think if you wanted to, you can make it. I don't think is going to, but um, in my mind, you, you hold on to some of these. Or you know what? You trade it and you try to get some assets. If you want to get rid of Dave Romney, they get rid of it, but what are you going to get in return? Because you need to get something in return. Yeah,
2: draft picks, I mean, what's that going to do for you?
1: No, Nothing. Yeah, it, it'll do nothing. Um, all right, uh, you know, Crush41 apparently uh, agrees with us. I like us. these names, Crush41, yeah. and what was the other one? Uh, Hugh. Hugh. Yeah, Hugh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hugh Hefner? No, yeah, it's not Hugh Hefner. No, I don't. I think he's dead. Yeah. Uh, surprise of the season award, Dan Steris What were the expectations of his contribu- of his contribution to the season before opening day? I'm surprised to feel more assured when he's in the starting 11. Even got a Steris jersey just to tip my cap. Not saying he's perfect, but the man has earned his pay this year. I agree with you, one hundred percent. How are you not? How are you not expecting this though? Did everybody see what happened down the stretch last year? This is again. It's like, oh my god, mind blown. Dan Stairs can play defense. And there, there were always people who hated
2: this guy, but look what he's done.
1: Dan, again, I'm just. I mean, hey, have you ever been to Minnesota? Yes. Have you ever been around? I've been to Minneapolis. Minneapolis.
2: When it's been below zero.
1: Yes. Okay, slothy savage twenty seven. That's his. Na- that's this person's name. I don't know. How do we come say, up with these names? Just, I, I said, <laughs> um, sli- let's see. Of course. Sli- oh, of sorry. Course, who am
2: I to talk? Larry Morgan not on Twitter. Yeah. Who am I to talk?
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, the, the chat room says that I didn't use Hugh, Hugh from Reddit's full name. It's Hugh from Reddit. I always have to say because okay. whatever he used to call it, it was always Hugh from Reddit. Um, so anyway, Slothy Savage twenty seven says, "Hi Josh, I'm traveling to Minnesota for the game next weekend. Is there any spots you recommend to visit while in town, Larry Morgan? Oh, well, I've never been it, there.
2: It's been a, it's been a long time, like twenty five years for me because they, they have they have indoor
1: plumbing now. I'm guessing I used
2: to cover the Rams or Raiders when they played back there against the Vikings, but I really couldn't recommend." Any place. Larry really says don't, don't go anywhere. Stay just in your bring, just room. bring an umbrella and a raincoat.
1: Yeah, I was going to look this up on Yelp, and I figured that was kind of cheating too, because I'm like, you can't just you know Yelp it. Although
2: Minneapolis is a very nice city. That's what It, it, it really is, unless. You're there in the wintertime, then you don't want to be there. It'll
1: be interesting to see. All right, uh, LA Galaxy coming up a, an October 20th And good game. luck on
2: that trip, too, by the way.
1: Yeah, it, it should be fun. I I, yeah. I wanted to go. I would like to officially say that I will not be going to Minnesota. Uh, I had a talk with uh, with Mrs. Patho. The boss. Yeah, the boss, and she said, um, you, you know what? You are not going. Not this time. And I said, okay, that's fair enough. She usually lets me go whenever I want to, but not this time. Uh, with a little pato in the He's, oven there. Especially it's still, with
2: her with child.
1: Yes, that's right. So she, she gets to decide. Uh, the LA Galaxy headed off to face off against Minnesota United coming up on October 20th.
2: I've always said that's my dark horse team in the playoffs aside from the Galaxy. Minnesota is my dark horse team.
1: Tell people what you found out, though. You went through and you looked up some stats. And, I looked up some stats and, and,
2: about the Galaxy's so-called prowess on uh, the road during the playoffs, and it's not... Prowessible, it's, let's, it's let's not prowessible. <laughs> like yeah.
1: I like that. No, I was going to say if everybody was at least you know somewhat fired up by my defense of Dan Steris is now feeling optimistic yeah. about the year and how everything was going. Um, having said all that, uh, Larry's about to just punch you right in the gut. And he did it earlier today. You know, he yep. was st- said the whole yep. injury special legit thing. That was him. Um, so he likes to kick you while you're down. I guess a bunch of Dodger fans. You're just the, <laughs> making them all angry. I don't understand. So again. What is uh what did you find out about okay, the LA Galaxy about in the stats? The, about
2: the Galaxy? Uh let's put it this way when they're when they're away from home uh last few years they have not been particularly good in fact believe it or not in fact let's ask our, our audience audience they can remember the last time the Galaxy won a playoff game on the road. The and there's no time. fair looking it up.
1: Yeah, I know the answer. So just you know the answer because give everybody I told a tick. You. Okay, now go ahead. Now tell everybody.
2: Okay, it, it was in 2012. When they won at San Jose, three to one in the conference semifinals, yep. that was their last road win. And since then, they have gone o four and one on the road in the playoffs. That does not bode well for Minnesota.
0: I was
1: going to say that I don't, I'm, not, I'm not an expert, but I play one on TV. Uh, that doesn't sound. That doesn't sound good. Um, what about Minnesota though?
2: Minnesota, as we all know, they are 10 and six at home this season. They haven't lost since a 3 to 2 since a 3 to 2 win or loss to Philadelphia on June 2nd wow they have outscored opponents at home this season 29 to 13 29
1: 13 again
2: it also does not bode well for the for the men in boots I was going to say cleats, but they don't use cleats so much anymore. They always say boots
1: or men in boots. Men in boots. All right. Uh, it's 538 currently has the LA Galaxy a, with a 38% chance to beat Minnesota. Minnesota with a 62%. Now, here's the thing. If you look at all the home teams that are playing in this first round, okay, uh, there are three home teams, and those home teams are Real Salt Lake, who has a 66% chance to beat the Portland Timbers, who have a 34% chance, and the Seattle Sounders, who have a 66% chance to beat FC Dallas 34 So they actually are giving the LA Galaxy the best chance of any road team to beat wow. the team that they're at. I hope at. they
2: know something that we don't know. And one last thing about the boys in boots, about, yes. the, about the boys in yellow, white, and blue kits or whatever. White, blue, and gold. Boys in boots. Yes. Um, in their last nine road games, the Galaxy are an impressive one 7 and one uh, they have scored 12 goals and have given up an, an equally impressive 26 during that span. I'll tell you, this game in Minnesota—I've said it all, all along—it scares the hell out of me. Yeah, it's uh, it really does. It's Although g- I think they can win, but it scares the hell out of me.
1: Well, it's interesting. Again, we we look at the and if
2: Minnesota can play defense like they played against LAFC about a month ago and beat them out here, Galaxy are in big trouble.
1: Yeah, It's worth noting, again, this is all single elimination games. What happens if they're tied after 90 minutes? We go to extra time. Play two 15-minute uh, periods, and then uh, if that's still tied after Matt,
2: that... Don't don't tell me penalties. Penalty uh, kicks. Just keep playing. Take Pen- guys off the field. Penalty kicks. No, uh. no,
1: as a writer, I would ask that you not do that because I want to actually file a story eventually. So, no. Yeah. End this game eventually. Uh, the weather forecast right now um, in Minnesota has Friday partly cloudy, about 20% chance of rain. Or excuse me, a 66% chance of of rain Um, so we'll see if that happens we also have a uh, PM showers on Saturday again a football game is being played a college football game maybe about a 40% chance of rain and then about a 40% chance of rain on Sunday uh, as well so showers 57 44 degrees that field could be
2: chewed to bits
1: it could be and that was a field that Zlatan famously had issues with uh, with a lot of guys had had issues with Um, so it's again something to watch as we go now the other thing is that if you think about this
2: uh, didn't uh, Kevin say that? That this field is regarded as one of the worst grass fields in the league.
1: Yeah, and it was because Araujo got hurt on it last time, and Zlatan pulled up large chunks okay. of it. Now they say that they fixed that, right? But the problem—what
2: prob- what, staples or nails or yeah, something?
1: I don't, I don't know. They got the apparently the drainage was fixed. Apparently they re- relayed sod. They did a whole bunch of things to try to fix it. So maybe it's better. But the bottom line is that the LA Galaxy will have to play probably a little bit more than 24 hours after a college football game tears the crap out of that field, and if it's wet. During that time, that field's toast. I love the scheduling. Love the scheduling. That's toast. Soccer-specific stadium, remember. I mean, listen, every stadium does it, but the Galaxy— oh, No,
2: football-specific yeah, stadium. Yeah, well— the um, American and European.
1: Yeah, how, how it goes. Um, now, here's the other interesting thing is that when you think about it, and you went back and you said, you know, when the last time the Galaxy won on the road was 2012— um, last time the LA Galaxy played in a playoff game was in 2016. There aren't a lot of guys who are on this LA Galaxy team. In fact, we can find I think just three.
2: In fact, ask our audience if they can if they know who has the most playoff experience among the current Galaxy players.
1: Yeah, that were with the Galaxy, right? The so Galaxy, not yes. with another team and came here. But who and, has played?
2: And, and if they know the answer, I will be very very impressed.
1: So I'll let you think about it for a second. Again, it's you know there's it's not instantaneous, yeah. but yeah. I want everybody to think about it. Who has the most games for the LA Galaxy played in the playoffs? We. I I think we could only find quickly as we were doing We only found three players. Um, those three players are Dan Steris, Sebastian Leggett, and Juninho. And I don't think there's anybody else. You might have to go – maybe Bradford Jameson. Did he ever play in anything? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. No, but he was on the team, But and he's even on loan right now, so that's even a sort so of a – he's technically yeah. still on the team. Yeah, well, however that works. Yeah. Um, the answer to the question is Juninho, and and it's it, I know you don't think that Dan Stairs had three games in 2016. Legit had four games. I think he had three games in uh, 2016 and one game in 2015. Um, and then Juninho has 20 games with the LA Galaxy. He has one goal, four assists from 2010 to 2015. So um, I was very surprised when
2: you found that out. Yeah, because he he was, he was the last guy I would have thought of. Yeah, it was. And the of, only reason I found him is because I was going down the list. and said, hey, how about Juninho? And yep. then you brought up the stats, and whoa.
1: Yeah, no, I mean he, you know, he was part of, as you said before we started, he was part of one of the best midfields I think the Galaxy have ever had. Um, Him and Marcelo Sarvis Sarvis were absolutely, excuse me, absolutely stunning. So you know, again, all that stuff is that there's a you have a very listen. I think the LA Galaxy have the edge. I think Zlatan Ibrahimovic was made for the playoffs. If there was ever a format that was made for Zlatan, it is the playoffs. I think he'll be up for it. Um, But there are a lot of LA Galaxy. Uh, players that are probably playing in their first playoff game in Major League Soccer, so that's there. You're playing against Minnesota, who you know there's a lot of guys who have never played in the playoffs before because it's an expansion team, and there's a lot of guys from outside the league and all those fun things. So I'll, that's that.
2: I'll just be I'll just be curious to see how some of these South American players who have never experienced this kind of format will react to this. Yeah,
1: it'll be... Again, I think I always feel that players... I think they'll be okay, but, but I'm still kind of curious. I always feel like players react well to these types of pressure situations and, a lot of time the is classic for doing playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and so I feel like this only brings out the best. That's why playoff soccer does matter and why it is different than regular season and why, you know, it's, I think there's a heightened sort of edge to all this whenever you look at, um, you know, just how they do it in Europe, right? Like, okay, yeah, there's every game means something, but it's hard to keep up your intensity for mm-hmm. 34 games throughout the season or 32 games or, you know, however you end up doing it. It's hard to do that, but whenever you know there's four games less than the season and that four games, four wins, Get you an MLS Cup, it comes down to who wants it more. And that's why the winners of the Supporters' Shield don't always win the MLS Cup. That's right. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's that's again... it's
2: almost like a minor trophy compared to to the MLS Cup. I mean, if you had to choose Supporters' Shield, MLS Cup, I don't think you'd find one athlete who would take the Supporters' Shield over the MLS Cup.
1: No, it's not. It's only what people say whenever they win in that, the a supporter spoon, Shield. Now, the
2: wooden spoon, that's yeah. a different...
1: It's lived. It used to live right here, Larry. You used, you used to live, to live right, right there. there. Yes, I remember it. I remember it well. All right, um, I think that's about it. LA Galaxy getting ready to face off against Minnesota United again. That game coming up on October twentieth. It's a five thirty Pacific time kickoff. The LA Galaxy hosting a watch party at Dignity Health Sports Park at the Legends Plaza there. So uh, you're more than welcome to go there. Bring your own seating, all that fun stuff. We already talked about it um, on Monday show. So you can get all the details there. Uh, and again, the LA Galaxy uh, have a chance uh, if they get past Minnesota to head to LA. Wow, and they have what a, a game that would they be. They have a chance to beat LAFC. Wow. That game wow. being held on October 24th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So that will be one to watch as well. I think that's a Thursday, if I'm correct. Yeah. We, we won't have a podcast that night, that's for sure. Um, if, <laughs> or if, live if, podcast. Yeah, if, if the Galaxy uh, if the Galaxy, Especially played. if
2: they put us in the auxiliary press box like say. they did the last time.
1: We'll, we'll be way out in the in the stand somewhere. That'll be a packed house if that one goes. So anyway, the Galaxy do that. And then if the Galaxy get through that, there's a chance at actually hosting uh, the conference finals of either Dallas uh, Dallas, or Portland get through, and there's a chance of hosting MLS Cup if uh, either Toronto, uh, D.C., New York Red Bulls, or the New England Revolution advance from the east. So uh, four chances, basically, to host MLS Cup there. Galaxy just have to get there. All right. Um, is there anything else, Larry?
2: No, I, I know that you're going to say that people can't reach me on, on Twitter, you know, the yes. famous Larry Morgan not on Twitter, but yes. I don't know whether to to thank you or curse you for making me a cult figure.
1: Yes, you are. I don't know. You are no, no. It's it's a real thing. I mean, the the video that has hundreds of thousands of views of you giving Zlatan some some reading glasses. Uh, the very first comment in there says, "Call him by his full name, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter." And I'm like, there it is. That's what I wanted to hear. That was that was it. If my goal of this podcast is anything, it's just that whenever you're walking somewhere, even 10 years from now, that somebody sees you and yells across a parking lot and what says, "Larry Morgan, on Twitter." Says, says, "Larry Morgan, not on Twitter." And, and then, it's happened. It's yeah, happened in the past. Believe it me, makes my day. Absolutely yep. makes my day. It's my, my favorite thing. Thing that ever happens ever, right. and I like walking into the stadium with you just for that reason because right. people yell. But well, thanks for having me on again, Josh. I appreciate it. Always, uh, always great to have you. If you're looking for Mr. Larry Morgan on Twitter, you won't find him there because he's <laughs> not on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter at jguessman j g u e s m a n and of course at Galaxy Podcast, uh, go find Larry's wonderful work and wonderful writing over at cornerofthegalaxy dot com. All that stuff is right there, so please check that out. Uh, all of our merchandise, all that fun stuff, is also there for you. So corner dot com. Click on the shop button. Read our articles, read the podcast, all that fun stuff. LA Galaxy versus Minnesota United coming up on October 20th. Tentatively, no show on Monday. Uh, my son's coming in town, so I'm going to take a break, but live show on Thursday. The Hammer should be back in town. All right, for Mr. Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, I'm Josh Kessman You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.